Properties is the complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. Welcome to episode 102. Uh, listen, y'all, this shit is getting way, way, way out of control. Um, becoming extremely overwhelming. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting the best fight that I know how to fight. Um, and I'm getting my ass kicked in a worse way, y'all. Um, no matter where I turn to try to reach solace and peace, it's chaos there. And I don't understand. I, I don't understand. Um, y'all know that you know, what I've been going through and stuff and how how I attempt to really make sure that uh, my responses as a result to discipline, um, that I make sure that I am responding in a way um, that is correct and not from my emotional standpoint um, when I'm in the fog. But each time I try to to really be peaceful about it, like my kids be trying me, bro. Like, and it just, it don't be making sense to me. And it's starting to tip me over the edge because I move with respect in my house. I move with respect in, in everything that I, that I do. So I'm giving them the example of how to respect other human beings. And it's weird because when I am at their school or when I run into one of their teachers, because we live in a small town, um, a lot of the teachers live down here. And so I run into them at the store, I run into them at an event, and they have nothing but good things to say about the kids. They have like, oh, they're so respectful, they're this, they're that. And that's cool. That's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself for um, being able to raise such respectful young men as a result to them being outside but what good is that if they come into the house and press me to the max with disrespect and so I'm dealing you know it's typical I have two what well, should I have three teenagers but two like teenagers who think they grown for real and it's starting to to pull at me because I don't I don't use violence and I feel like because this generation, like for whatever reason, they just feel like they can do and say whatever they 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 want to do without understanding. Like they don't be having a lot of understanding, but they want to be aggressive. They want to be smart mouth. They want to you know do things that they shouldn't be doing and stuff like that. And so I be trying to tell my kids like, bro, like we all go through you know this phase in our life where we feel like we know you know everything and we want to make our own choices. I've been allowed y'all to live like that for the greater part of a decade or more, right? Like my older two, they've been very, very free thinkers, uh, very independent since they were, you know, um, I want to say seven and six. So to grow up and start lying and doing things like out of character it's really weird to me and I take it as disrespect and that's what I've been dealing with, you know, for the past couple of months is 
dealing with my own mental health issues while still trying to deal with two teenagers who testosterone is testosterone is getting a little bit higher and they try and the part that's affecting me is not that they try me because we all was teenagers before we all get to that point in our life to where, you know, we have that outburst feeling like, you know, I could do what I want to do, yada, yada, whatever. Then ultimately we're checked by the adult and that's that. For me, I'm more of, all right, you know, you got it. Like, I want to see how you operate through this since the logic that I'm giving you it didn't work since you are doing things without communication. Let's see what let's see how this ends. Right? I shouldn't have to put my hands on anybody. I I, I shouldn't. Um, but like I told them, y'all two are getting to the age where it's like, I'm not getting no belt. What what is that gonna do? Like I I've talked to you, I've led by example. I've yelled, I've took things, and for whatever reason, you know, it's not working. But you go outside of the house and you're very, very respectful. And I think I said this before. This is why it's important. This is this is why it's important to have a good co-captain slash uh, co-parent. It's their responsibility to teach the kids how to respect you or uh, how to treat you. You are the example that they that they have of, of treating your other parent, right? So I've said this to her, I said this, you know, to the kids. It's like she did a she did a horrible job of teaching them how to treat me, right? No matter what she's ever said to them, whatever her whatever um her example was of how to treat me, that's what they took on. Right? Once they once they moved with me for real, for real, full time, which is at this point almost a decade, we going all vibes. I'm trying to I'm 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 teaching you directly, like disrespect type teaching, right? Like in my mind, you should just treat me with decency because that's just life. But it's like it's certain things, it's caveats to who I am as a person, certain ways, like my personality, my personality is uh, very finicky, right? So it's certain ways that they got to move, just like it's certain ways for me, I got to move because their feelings and their emotions and, and, and their thoughts are important. But I can't treat all of them the same way, right? I can't, like, I can't go to junior the same with the same stuff that I could go to twin with and vice versa and then trickle down to the to the million kids. I can't do that. But it's their job to res to to respect me in what I'm doing. Right? They're under the the impression that I'm supposed to do all of this. They don't know the struggle that it comes with with having to do all of this. So they talk to me like they talk to me like these characters off TV. And I don't know if it's because I normally, I, I'll normally tuck my tail. And this is with every single confrontation. I normally tuck my tail not because I am afraid of said issue, right? I'm not afraid of the kids. They, I, I, I tuck my tail because if I, <clears throat> excuse me, 
if I reveal to them the street version of me and I treat them like they treat me, but I remove the compassion of a father. I remove that, that force field of, hey, you got to relax. These are your kids, right? I don't want my kids to fear me. I, I, that's what made me stop putting my hands on them a long time ago is that it was a weird fear in their eyes and it wasn't a respect fear, right? It was like a fear fear. And I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not doing this. We're not growing up making it seem like I'm a monster. And so that has now turned into them, you know, in a way feeling like, all right, my dad is so cool. He's allowed, he allows us to be free thinkers and free speakers. And so I'm going to say what I want to say. Again, I always talk about being able to do what you want to do with understanding, because if you do it without understanding, the consequence of your actions is going to be deadly, right? And I'm saying deadly loosely. I'm not trying to kill any of the kids. And they haven't understood that, right? Like, it's just simple things that I'm asking, and it's really, really weird that it's, like, I'm asking them direct stuff, and they're, they're ignoring direct stuff. And I'm like, I know we're a little bit slow as a unit, but there is no way that I'm saying things to you directly and you're not understanding. There's no way that there there's opportunities of communication and you're missing it, right? I had an incident with twin and it's something that, you know, I've been knowing. And I kept giving him an opportunity to to say whatever he needed to say, right? I mean, I'm going out of my way to, like, yo, just tell me. Just tell me, right? So that we can have the conversation and, you know, you, I can give you the education that you need and it can be done. Not my child. My child, after having multiple examples of me keeping my word and saying, yo, tell me what's up so we can so we can talk about it. Like, I'm not about to put my hands on you for what? Like, you're going to do whatever you're going to do with your life. I just need to be able to help you maneuver and gain understanding of what you're doing. And, of course, it was a lie. He chose he chose to lie for three, four months at, the, at, at that point and then got caught in the stupidest way. And then it's like when he's caught, you still you still trying to play in my face. And so that has been a difficult thing with me. Like I like it because I told you guys I think a few months ago, like paranoia started kicking in. And I'm not a I'm not a scary person. I'm not a fearful person. It's just like I never have been. And I've been into some things that, you know, should have created a certain level of paranoia, but I just don't move like that. So it was weird to me when all of a sudden I'm experiencing paranoia out of the blue. Right. And it's regular paranoia. It's not like schizophrenic, like I'm hearing voices type thing. But it's just that that overall feeling like that something's like something's wrong or something's going to go wrong. Right. I get these like really weird feelings in my stomach. Like it's it, it never, never fails. Like I get these weird feelings and then something happens. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. But it's this particular feeling that just haunts me. And it's just like, oh, my God, like I just don't I just want it to be done. And, like, I literally go in my mind, like, all right, 
uh, what am I tripping off of? Uh, bills are paid, groceries here, kids healthy, you know, everybody got what they need. Um, and it's it it goes away on its own. But the duration of it could be five minutes, five days a month. Who knows? And that's the problem that, you know, that I'm facing right now. Trying to deal with my own um, mental health while still trying to raise the kids and make sure that they don't end up where I am in regards to mental health, trying to give them that, uh, that opening, right? I get on here and I talk to y'all for two hours a week. We on a hundred, we on 102 episodes. And so yesterday, like I really had a moment like, damn, like how I'm trying to reach the people. If my kids is not really, is my kids is really not listening. And I know sometimes, you know, with kids, it like they don't want to listen to the parent because they think the parent is just making up stuff and or, you know, adding 100 on 10. And I'm very honest with my kids. I'm very, very honest with my kids. But sometimes it takes like um, I had to tell my, my best friend, I told, you know, my brother what happened, yada, yada, whatever. Maybe maybe stuff coming from them will hit a little bit different because they see me as their dad with no experience of life. They, they've only known me to work a regular job. They've only known me to uh, be loving and be caring, you know, outside of when I used to whoop them, like everything else, like they don't, like they don't know anything else, right? I've always been an example of them, of leadership, of understanding. I've, like I've been through so much in front of them where I could have reacted in a violent way. I could have acted uh, irrationally. I could have uh, been a bad example of a human being, but I chose peace. Because they've been with me um, for so long and at the time that they transitioned into being with me full time, it was a very detrimental time in their life that I had to be on my P's and Q's with how I moved because they were all be in that mimicking stage. And so, like I said, outside of the house, no problem. Twin has his issues um, here and there. Um, he's very impulsive. I said that before, but for the most part, Oh, your kids are so loving. They're a joy to be around. Like when, where, how? Because they walk in the house on 10. Like so much so like they walk in the house and it's like, like to a certain extent, we're like roommates. Like we, we speak to each other and everybody go to wherever they go to in the house. Of course, I do my parental checks, you know, how was school, da, 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 da. You know, I do that type of stuff. But it's like, we don't chill until they want to chill because I'm not going to harass them. Right? Like, I know I grew up like I ain't one of your little friends. And though I'm not one of their little friends, like, no, that's part of that's part of the relationship of them growing up. <laughs> Meaning we're going to have good days. And we're going to have bad days. And sometimes those bad days are going to be the level of friendship. And so we're not going to talk on those days or we're not going to talk as much as those days. We're not going to text. Things are not going to be funny those days. Right. Because they're human beings. I could force them to talk to me and force them to be around me, but I'm not no bully. And I remember, I remember being young and having, you know, very, uh, aggressive thoughts and feelings like after I got in trouble or just in general and just not being able to really express or feel them for real. Right. We grew up in an era where that, that, that just, it just wasn't it. And so trying to deal with that now, 
with the understanding that I that I have of, you know, how teenagers are. So it's like I'm not tripping like for real, for real. But I do feel like, all right, there needs to be some type of shift in this house because I'm at the edge of. All right, let's let's get it going. Let's go. Let's go in the backyard. Because apparently, you know, there there's everybody wants to be the chief and let's just let's go that route and, and see what happens. Um, and also, too, it's like they don't understand how I. They don't understand how much I hold back as a result to. They're huffing and puffing and, and poking their chests out and, you know, saying certain things like they don't know how much I hold back. Like as as, uh, as a result to me, like swinging on one of them, because I got to teach them with words first. Right. So I explained to them, hey, you're going to do that and you're going to respond like that to someone who is not your your parent, someone who is not uh, cool with you or whatever. And they're not going to realize that, you know, this is just you. This is just your mannerism. They're going to take that as a threat and then they're going to put their hands on you. Are you going to do that in front of an adult? They're going to take that. They're going to take it as a threat and then they're going to call the police on you. my real mind be wanting to knock their head off their shoulders because again, I'm not tough. I don't portray to be tough. I don't act like, you know, anything that I'm not. What I am is a defender. I'm a, de I'm a defender of my peace. I'm a defender of my home. I'm a defender of my kids. Even when one of them bothers the other one to a certain extent in that moment, you're not my kid. Leave my son alone. Stop being an asshole. Right. And that's just how I move. Everybody, everybody gets overall protection and everybody gets individual protection. But I don't get any. So it's like I'm fighting whatever I'm fighting throughout the day um, with my mental what work with, you know, trying to figure out what I'm trying to do with the business and then fighting with them. And it shouldn't be that way. Like, especially with who I am. Right very very like like i'm very strong on the discipline but i'm very strong on free like figure it out like let's 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 see where you're trying to go let's see what it is that you want to do whatever you're interested in and then let's talk about it let me let me let me get some understanding for you right because what i what i do when my kids show interest in stuff is um one i make sure like yo like are you this is something you want to do because if so I can make phone calls to where we f we can figure out how to get the best version of this, right? They don't get it. They don't understand that the things that I'm asking them to do, a lot of parents are forceful about. They don't understand the type of parent that they have. And if I'm being honest, I'm no longer medicated, so I'm legit just going on on prayers and vibes as a result to my mental health right now. Um, I tried to give other stuff a try. I tried to give the medicine a try, uh, and I'm off it. I go back to see if I need to get back on it, but I'm off it. So everything that's been happening easily for four months could have went way different. 
had to tell me yesterday, it's a, it's a darkness sitting in me. It is a darkness sitting in my soul that it's so much rage and so much pain and so much chaos just sitting right there. And I've been blocking it the best that I can. But each time something happens, that force field gets a little bit weaker because I began to feel like, because I keep telling you all and I keep telling them, mental health doesn't know who's who. Who's ever going to get the fallout of the disrespect, right? When I was younger, I used to hold everything in. Like everything. And I'm talking young, young. I just was, I was suppressed so much until I didn't. And it's not fair, but it was never corrected. So I'll sit back and I'll chill and stuff will compound and it'll just get like, it'll go crazy. It'll get heavier and heavier. And I won't say nothing. Somebody could do something to me directly. I won't say nothing. All right, cool. I'll charge it up or, or chalk it up like, Man, that's another piece that another another piece of pain. That's another piece of confusion. That's another piece of chaos. And then it go it gets to this point to where it's like, all right, man, I I gotta respond. The 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 problem with that is, I'm responding to this person in front of me with everything that's been building up, as opposed to the thing that I'm really mad at. That's not right. And they don't know how hard it is to be to to be a little bit weaker mentally right now and still have the compassion and still have the empathy to draw back like, whoa, 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 whoa. Chill. I've been in mid conversation with them and I'm like, you know what, I, I've, I've run out of words. Because I feel myself about to explode. I feel myself about to jump on them. As a reaction. Because I've talked to you. I've yelled at you. I've taken things. Um, we've we've uh, conversated or conversed about it. I, I've asked you questions. You've asked me questions. I thought we was cool here. So why do we keep ended up ending back here? Right. And so me being off of um, me being off my my or off the medicine, I struggle for real because I'm trying to I'm trying to take a natural approach to um, healing. But there is a certain level of chemical imbalance in me that it like because I can feel it. Right. I feel when the fog sets in, I don't I don't know how to stop it, like, but I feel when, you know, I just know, all right, there's going to be one of them days. I feel it. So knowing that I really, really be like, be fighting it. Because again, I'll be in the midst of, like, I'll be about to go, go crazy. And I'm just like, mm, this ain't, this ain't it. I, this ain't it. And it's like, a lot of us are in spaces in our life where we don't want to show weakness. <laughs> For whatever reason. And that's horrible. That's why we're stuck where we are. 
as a society because everybody is only showing their strength. Everybody is only showing the wins. They're not showing the preparation. They're not showing the chaos. They're not showing the disappointment, the hurt, the pain. They're not showing any of that. You're not seeing none of the process. You're just seeing the accolades and the awards. You're seeing the conclusion. And because that's how society is set up, because people judge. I see often somebody will post something and they're like, oh, I've, you know, I've been doing I've been doing art for two weeks. And, you know, I feel like this this one is a, is a good is a good one. And then people will really not pay attention to the two weeks part and they'll be disrespectful to that person. That's ugly. Couldn't be me. You need more practice here. You need more practice there. And it's like. I literally just said this is this is two weeks. I see people just genuinely post things about uh, uh, about their life, right? And you you post a struggle, and that's how it's supposed to be. It takes this, it takes that, and it's just like, all right, cool. You just, you you you're not here to help. You're here to critique. You're here to to put me down. You're here to point out flaws in everything that I do. It's very rare that somebody is like, oh, that's that's nice. Right. And I know we're not going to have 100 percent of people thinking everything is nice or cool or great or whatever. I know that. But the the. The way in which people go about telling you. They don't like something. The 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 nasty and disrespectful thing where I got to tear you down. To tell you I don't like whatever it is that you presented as your art or whatever you are presenting as who you are as a human being, right? And it's some it's some people out there that that are assholes, right? And they they the responses are are necessary. They go a little bit far, but they're necessary, right? And so that makes me think like, yo, do the kids feel like if they tell me their flaws, like, I'm going to tear them down? Do they really think that, you know, I'm going to be disrespectful? Because this is what they're seeing online, right? This is what they're seeing on, on, on their social media. This is what they're seeing in the YouTube videos that they watch and the comments and stuff is that the moment that someone does, that they present something and everything just goes negative, Take account for that. Like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe that's what it is. So I have conversation. Hey, nah. We all got flaws. So I share that with them. Like, I share that with them. Because I don't want them to grow up in a world, or I don't want them to grow up, become adults, you know, and hit the world and freak out at the first sign of struggle. I don't want them to freak out and be disrespectful to people for presenting their struggle. I don't want them to be in their friend group and, and their friend possibly could be going through something and they don't know what to do because all they see is strength. So they turn into the same people that I have isolated from, which is suck it up. Everybody go through something. It Like, what you tripping off of? That's how those people are made because all they see their entire life is strength. They don't see the process. They don't see the pain. They don't see the failures. All they see is the completed product. 
and I can't I can't live like that. It goes back to what I what the thought that I have of why I tell them what I tell them and why I maneuver with them how I maneuver because I don't want nobody to be able to tell them anything about me. Like not literally, but things that matter in their life. I want them like if somebody come up to them and say whatever about me, it's not going to be a surprise. Because I talk to my kids and I'll be damned if I'm on my deathbed like the movies and then I have this whole spiel to tell them about who I really was as a person as my last words. You know how fucked up that is? So I share I, I share with them. I open up. I show them my failures. I show them my, my weaknesses. I show I, all of that stuff. <laughs> Take me off the pedestal. Look at me. I'm human. Right. Look at me like you're supposed to look at me. Don't 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 put me on a pedestal. Because, again, I'm raising human beings. I'm not raising you to worship me. I'm raising you so that you can be better than me. And you can't do that if you have this this idea that you're supposed to worship me. So take me off that pedestal. I didn't put myself there. And so I go out of my way to make sure that, you know, I'm showing them these things because it's important. I know a lot of people don't think that that's important. It's important that you show your kids weaknesses along with strengths. You can't keep showing them one side. It creates a monster. That's just like even with, with, with negativity. You can't like you have to give them a piece of positivity. You have to. It doesn't matter how negative you want. It, it, it doesn't matter. You have to give them whatever extreme you're at. If it's the negative, like they have to see a, a sense of positive just to just to give them some hope. If it's overly positive, you got to let them see you stumble. You got to let them see you ha like go through adversity. You have to. Because that's how like that's how they become better people. Right. I talk all the time. It's balance. You have to let them see an equal amount of good and bad so when they grow up, they have understanding and they're not one-sided in their opinions. They're not one-sided in how, you know, they decide to help people. And when I say help, I just mean like when they get friends and relationships and stuff like that, there's a responsibility that comes with agreeing to friendship and relationship. And I want them to be able to maneuver properly through that. So when I fail, I tell them. When I have months that I have zero sales, I tell them. When I have months where I have one sale, I tell them. Right? When I'm submitting stuff in regards to the poetry, I tell them. If it fails, I tell them. If it succeeds, I tell them. I'm not hiding anything from anyone because I want you all to know the the real version of me. And so going through that this weekend and having um and and having the week that I had to be honest, like the past few weeks have been like horrendous and it's little stuff that's tipping me over and it's like like I had to tell them yesterday like y'all keep disrespecting my process of when I'm recording because it's not your passion so you don't see a big deal about it you don't see anything wrong and I was like so, you know, because I have a painter, I have a person who, you know, who's a gamer, a DJ, you know, my little one, he don't, he don't be, even though he be causing a lot of it, he don't really understand for real. But I'm looking at them, I'm like, if you're painting and you've painted, you know, six, seven pictures 
And every time you almost finish the picture, I come pour black ink all over the picture. You're going to trip, right? That's disrespectful. I told my other son, I go in there and I delete all your uh, progress on all of your games you have on the PlayStation. And this is hours and hours and hours of the games that he has, right? Every time you're about to complete something, I go in there and I delete it. I go in there and I cut the internet off. I tell my other son, you in there making beats. And every time you get almost finished with that beat, I come and I just start pressing whatever I want to press. And, and, and now the beat is it, it's just messed up. I said, see, when it's your passion, you think about it a little bit different. I said, you guys think that this is just me sitting on the couch talking for free. I'm trying to change the world. Trying to help people. It's people out there losing kids. It's people out there losing their partners. It's people out there losing each other. I'm trying to help people. Just because you don't see, you know, money flowing in from this, it doesn't mean that it, it it doesn't mean that the value is low. I shouldn't be in a position to where I have to show you financial gain for you to understand how passion works. Nobody paid my son for no beat. He loves making beats, though. Nobody is paying my son to be a gamer. He loves games, though. My oldest is the only one that have an idea of entrepreneurship because he does sell his art pieces. So that hit him a little bit different when I'm like, if I came to one of your shows or one of your events and just start pouring paint on it in front of everybody, then what? And so a little bit of reality seeped into them because it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like I didn't, I guess I didn't really realize how, how important it was. Yeah. Cause it's not for me. It's not for me. That's why it's important. If it was for me, all right, whatever, come down here. I don't like do whatever you're going to do, but this is for the people I'm trying to help the world with this. And if I can't reach my own kids to create a united front, then I like, like, what am I doing here? It's not my responsibility to teach them the overall of, of compassion that they should have towards me. Because if I teach it to them verbally, it's going to be biased. When you grow up, you have to learn from the example of the person, but you also have to learn from the other parent how to treat the parent. Like, think about that. Think about coming up like, you know, your dad, you, I'm going to tell your father. And you have those talks with your sons. Hey, man, listen, you're not about to be doing your mom like this, da-da-da-da-da, boom, 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 boom. Or get a call from school. It's like you, you, you trying to teach them how to treat people. If I tell you, no, you're going to respect me, you're going to do this. See, that's a, that, it's a threat. No matter how I say it, it's, it's, it's a threat. So it's certain things that they should have learned how to maneuver with me that they never did. Why? Because they took the example and it was a bad example of how to treat me. And so now that they're older with their own attitudes, own opinions and stuff like that, like they're, that's where that's the bank that they're pulling from. Because when I raise my voice, 
when I sit everybody down, it's like, oh, okay, cool. I, I guess I didn't really realize that. And it's like, it shouldn't have to be that. But again, that, that, that is a role that comes with being a parent. It's just that for me, I'm going through something mentally on top of that. And their behaviors and actions couldn't have switched at a, at a more like horrible time, horrible time for this, this to be their new behaviors. Right. But I'm me and I'm gonna figure it out, um, however I can, but it has really affected my mental, um, for the past for the past few weeks, uh, if I'm, if I'm being honest, maybe a few months. Right. And it just, it, it doesn't make sense to me. And without me being medicated, it's like anything could happen. Like anything could happen. Um, I'm out of patience for limited uh, information. I think I don't know if that has to do with the mental stuff or if that's just um, a new attribute added to me from turning 40. I'm done with people offering um, limited information as not to lose stature like that bugs me. Like be who you are, especially when you're dealing with me. Like be 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 who you are, because the moment I feel like you're not, the moment I feel like you know the relationship, friendship, the moment I feel like it's a stature thing and and it's a it's a power thing is when I check out. It's when a lot of people check out. My stature in in the community, my stature in my household, like it doesn't it doesn't matter to me as a result to giving information to help people or giving information in general. I'm very much a private person with my personal stuff, but as it, as a result to helping people, as a result to things that I've experienced, I'm very, very open about that. And it doesn't like, it doesn't do me a disservice. Right. I told y'all last week, I have certain insecurities about, you know, going through these mental health things. I have certain insecurities about, you know, having a bunch of kids and possibly never being able to to find, you know, a for real healthy relationship for myself, right? I tell you about that all the time. But as a result to me trying to help people, uh, me sharing my mental health story, me, you know, sharing my, my story about losing Kennedy, me sharing, you know, the difficulties of, you know, being on child support and being separated from, from Imani, like, I don't, I don't care how that, how, how anyone sees that stature wise. I'm trying to help people and I can't worry about where I'm going to fall on this societal billboard or, or, or a billboard chart of who I am because I have this issue or because I have all these kids, because this, because that. Like, I can't worry about that. All I can worry about is, hey, there's people out there that need help. Do it Do it to the max. Do it to the max. You said this is what you wanted to do, right? Do it to the max. 
we're stuck in these positions that we are in life because we are seeking um, advice, seeking help from people who care too much about their stature. They don't care about helping for real. It, if, if, if they can't get anything from it, they're not helping you. I'm not even talking about financial gain. It's so much stuff that shouldn't cost money that costs money now. I go back way to the beginning. I ask, hey, where y'all get them track suits from? I'll never forget the amount of times that I was either ignored or they said $800, $900. And I'm like, for, for a track suit? Like, for you, to, for you to tell me? I'm like, all right, I'm not paying that. I see people all the time. You know, they say certain things. It's like, oh, well, you know, you're gatekeeping information. You're gatekeeping this. You're gatekeeping that. And they're like, well, Google is free. Like, you you, like, you like, can go Google um, and figure it out. And it's like, cool. I respect that response. I, I, I really I really respect that that response. But what if I Google and it's like, dang, I can't I can't find that that exact thing that I'm looking for. Right. That's when value comes. Right? And even then it's still like why you 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 why are you charging? I can see if somebody's trying to be in direct competition with you. I can see if they're in your area. I can see if, you know, y'all follow the same people or y'all cause cause social media for whatever reason is just everything, right? Like people don't I don't even think people have real friends in real life no more, to be honest with you. Like it's just super weird. Like it's so much counted on having a high follower account. There's so much riding on how you appear online, your online footprint um, in regards to business and stuff. If the internet crashed today, what happens? My brother said that to me yesterday or the day before, like, bro, like, if the internet crashed and you don't have no relationships in real life, what does it matter? Like, and I'm talking real relationships, not on the camera relationship, because we, again, we're, we, we, we look at these things and we're like relationship goals, friendship goals, yada, yada, whatever. And a lot of times we don't know that somebody put these two people together and behind the scenes, they don't really know each other for real. Because our minds are so wrapped up in entertainment that we start believing and stuff. And then when, when we see these crazy things, these headlines, it's like, I, I, I would never think that. Why? You don't know these people? Because we put them on this pedestal and they have such, like we hold them to such high regard without knowing them for real. We do this so much so that it trickles into our real life to where we're behaving in a way that we feel better than people. Nobody can come to you with anything because you're better than them. You're not willing to give advice. You're not willing to do anything unless somebody pay you. And I get it, like, but everything is not intellectual property. Everything is not for sale. And I think that it's hard for people to really realize that because everybody is just trying to live. Everybody's trying to trying to make money um, how they can. I'll never forget, like, seeing, oh, ebook. You should do an ebook. You should do an ebook. And then I'm like, huh? Like, let me tell you how you can make millions of dollars doing the e. And it's like, 
do you really have knowledge of what you're making the book about or are you just setting up a pyramid scheme? Like we really got to, we really got to look into that. Like the idea of I'm going to Google a bunch of stuff, put together an ebook and then sell it to people. And actually, like, well, I don't know. Like, they everybody say they makes money from they make money from that, but I, I don't know anybody personally who um, goes through that through that process. But I just look at stuff like that and just like, you charging for that? These are regular, simple conversations, and you want people to think that you're up here with it, so you package it in a way that makes it seem like it's elite information. But you don't say how hard it is. You don't say how long it took you to, to get to that point of making it. And they're like, oh, if you don't make this in 30 days, we'll give you your, your money back. Sir, ma'am, fuck out of here. At some point, I can't even say that because scammers are going to scam and people are going to fall for it every time. But we have to start vetting out these people who are there for stature purposes. They're not giving you proper information. They're not giving you passionate information. They're giving you information to make the money. Like, think about the people in your life. Think about your friends. Think about business partners and stuff like that. Like, it's imperative that, that y'all are not on pedestals that y'all are not putting each other on pedestals because the it could take one thing that could break that entire relationship one thing but if y'all don't equal grounds and there's a level of respect and y'all back and forth with the information and not trying to charge each other for for general information i get it certain things you think of outside of the norm Right. I get it. So you're like, no, you're going to you're going to pay for that. But I, I just it's just weird to me if I'm like, yo. Where'd you get those track suits from? And you're like, hey, hey pay me eight hundred dollars. I'll tell you. That's how life is. Everybody treats information. Um, everybody treats compassion like. The track suit got to pay for it. You got to pay me to care. And I'm trying to make sure that my kids don't um, grow up that way, right? It's been like, and I'm I'm just I'm being honest. My business, how it's structured and how I did it, I feel like I did a good job of of putting it together, right? Um, I feel like if I had proper marketing, it would be, it would it would start gaining the ground necessary, right? At this point. In the three years that I've been doing this, maybe 20 to 25 people have asked me how I set up, what I set up, what I did, um, you know, with the apparel, with the podcast, da, 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 right? The equipment. Long ass email to all of them for free. For free. I'm going to charge you for. 
my mindset is you reaching out because you're trying to you're trying to make something better out of your life. My mind says, oh, you know, everybody keep on saying passive income. You need six you need six forms of income or whatever. And it's just like, how do I get that? Oh, you got to pay me. If I don't, if I'm reaching out, like clearly, clearly I don't, I don't have it. That's why I'm trying to build something. So my mind is like, I, right, I'm not charging them nothing. This is how, this is how I started. It doesn't hurt me because you don't do the same thing as me. Your skill is different than me. You're going to choose a different graphic designer than me. Your poetry is different than mine. Your topics of your podcast would be different than mine. Like, huh? I'm not in competition with you. And even if you open up the same exact thing, or if you if you take what I what I sent you and make it yours, but it's it's similar to mine, right? And you open up next door, I'm still not losing nobody because I am who I am. And what is meant for me is going to be meant for me. So I don't look at nobody on pedestals anymore. Like everybody, like I'm eye to eye with everybody. I, I make sure of that because I've been so hurt before. And because, like I said, paranoia is kicking in and, you know, depression gets really heavy, especially right now, you know, with it being gloomy and everything. So it's like, no. We're, we're, we're going to rock on this even playing field. You're going to um, tell me what it is that you want from me. I'm going to tell you what it is that I want from you. And we're going we gonna to move from there and we're going to figure it out. But we got to start showing the weaknesses. We got to start understanding that people that we love, right? People that we hold dear, they have weaknesses. I think that's something that we forget often is that people are not superheroes. I know we see them as that. I know, like, like for me, like, my brother, he can do no wrong. Like, I'm talking, I'm talking caught on camera, clear face. That's your brother? Uh-uh. He didn't do that. Like, like, look, that's your, no, that's not him. Like, that's the sweater that you bought him. That's not my brother. He has the same tech. That's not, it's just certain people, like, it's just, no. But when I have conversations with him and he's asking me my ideas, he's asking me what I think about his ideas. He's like, what do you got going on for the business? This is what I have going on for the business. It sets an even playing field. So now I'm not talking to my big brother who who helped raise me. I'm talking to my equal about business. Right? Just like when he when he calls me, um, when he calls me and he'll say something about, you know, his kids being, you know, having ear infections or something, right? In that moment, I'm not the little brother. I'm a, I'm a parent who has been parenting for 16 years and his kids are young. So it's, it's, it's like, man, I, I couldn't sleep, yada, yada, whatever. But it's more like, I know you understand because you went through it five with five separate kids, right? We don't pedestal each other. If anything, if if anything, like I'll put him up, he'll put me up. 
I'll be, oh man, you're so great. But, you, but, but no, peanut this. Everybody can't get that. Everybody in your life can't get that pedestal treatment. Somebody in your life, you have to see as equal. The reason why I look at my brother like that, the reason why I look at my boy Mac like that, the reason why I look at DW like that, they've never shown competition with me. I can say whatever I want to say. I can't cry. Like if I if I cry, they 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 be wilding out, which is super hilarious. But I can say what I want to say to them. And it's never competition of emotion. It's never competition of things. It's never anything other than, all right, we gotta see, we gotta make this happen. Right? It'd be certain things that I'll be saying to DW and um, me and Tati annoy him to the fullest because a lot of things we haven't experienced, whether it be food, travel, whatever, right? And so he's like, damn, I got to show y'all that too. And we just laugh because it's like you, you've you been able to experience that. Even with my, my my boy Mac, I'll say certain things. He's like, all right, cool. You know, I'll, I'll grab it for you. Or he'll give me some type of advice from, from his perspective. My brother, of course, has done the same thing, right? So for me... We are equally on the same pedestal. Like it's genuine. We 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 try to lift each other up. But it's certain people that it's certain people that you you put on this pedestal and they talk down on you. They care so much that they're there, that they're willing to do whatever it is to stay there, and they're banking on your mind staying weak enough not to understand that they're speaking to you from a, a, a place of stature, not of compassion, not of humanality. Because you encourage them, because you keep putting them up there, because in your mind they can do no wrong. Again, reality, yes, all three of the people who I named can do wrong. We're just brothers, and we handle it a little bit differently. It like it, it doesn't go unchecked. I, I I'm reminded of I think two years ago the kids had did something, and I'm like, man, I'm over it. Christmas canceled. Da 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 da, and I'm I'm venting, you know, to DW and Tati. DW got so mad, not that I was mad, but he said the goal that you're trying to set to the world is peace. How are you going to take this moment? Even though he knows, like I'm not really a like I'm not really a Christmas person like that. I just I haven't I've never really been, um, and not that it's a big deal. Like I've always made sure the kids had whatever, but on the emotional side, it's never been a big deal for me. And so he's like, it makes no sense for you to create an unnecessary trauma in them. Do what you have to do, but don't take that. Right. Because kids are kids and, and, and that's how, that's just how it is. And he said that to me in a way to. He said it in a way that didn't make me feel bad. Or make me feel like, oh, you a punk. They did this and you about to you about to still reward them. He said it in a way that I still felt like, all right, I could still give what I need to give them or make them feel away without creating the extra trauma. But I also can still deal with what the issue was. Right. I come from less fight. 
that was the era. I was born in 82, um, elementary by 88, I think 88, no. Yeah, I was six, I think. Yeah. We could, it wasn't, it fight. 315, by the trash can, behind the school, we scrapping. That was it for everything. So, to the kids, it's like, no, I'm not doing it. Get out of here. It's immediate. It's abrupt. It's not, it's, it's, all right, you did this, it's over. And so when he said that, I'll never forget that. When he said that, I'm like, oh, shit. Even though they done something, my reaction could be the thing that create the trigger that pushes them, that pushes them over. So even I, in my own issues with mental health, I have to be considerate of that. And I have to think about that. Like, oh shit, I can't do that. I gotta, I gotta think a little, I gotta think about how I'm gonna handle this a little bit differently. Without them seeing my weaknesses, without them, without them seeing the balance, any reaction that I give them is going to be detrimental. And so I remove myself from the pedestal of, of, of dad and standing eye to eye as human. Because as a dad, I should have been put my hands on them. As a street person, I should have been put my hands on them. But as a human being, I'm going to have a conversation with you. And we're going to have the conversation until you understand the reality of the situation. I'm asking, don't push me to that limit because you guys are old enough. I'm not whooping you. Yeah, y'all are skinny and, and, and whatever, but y'all skinny and y'all ripped. Y'all lift weights daily. Y'all exercise daily. Y'all body, your, your bodies are a little bit stronger than mine. I'm not whooping y'all. My mind is going to take it back. All right, meet me, meet me in the backyard. When it gets to a certain, meet me in, get the boxing gloves and meet me in the backyard. That's just how my mind works without showing weakness, right? If I'm only showing strength, that's how I got to respond to you. But because I remove myself from that pedestal, we can have a conversation. Because I want them to see the disrespect. A lot of times we don't know how we're disrespecting someone because, again, our minds register what it registers, what's disrespect to me is not disrespect to the next person. I'm sitting here yelling, y'all disrespecting me, y'all disrespecting me. They're going to keep doing it unless I tell them the how. I can't tell them the how, and this goes with any relationship. Your marriage, your boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, your work. If you are a business owner and you have employees, it's never going to work until you get eye to eye. Until you stop looking at stuff like I'm the owner, I'm the boss, or I'm the employee, the subordinate, um, I'm the the I'm the beta in the relationship. Right? When you get eye to eye with someone and you remove all that, it's like this is how you are disrespecting me. That's what's important to me. I need you to know how. 
the disrespect is happening. So that now that you are aware of that, now I can give you a chance to correct it because you weren't aware before. <laughs> and now we said, now I took you off the pedestal. I stepped down and hey, this is how you're disrespecting. When I ask you to do this, like I, this is what I expect. Because when you ask me, because I tell them all the time, the problem that I have with relationships overall, right? And I'm talking... I'm talking from my personal experience as a parent, as an ex-husband, as an ex-fiance, as a baby daddy, as a worker, as a business owner. For me, the way that I handle disrespect is not cool. <laughs> I go out of my way to make sure I am not responding in those ways anymore. I'm so sorry, y'all. I forgot to take my allergy pills, so my apologies. I go out of my way to make sure that um, I step down always because I want to have clarity and it's one thing about me that a lot of people know when I'm like, are you sure this is where you want to go? What that means is I've evaluated every scenario of this situation and I know that I'm right. And I don't want to be pretentious and tell you I'm right. I want you to get there on your own without me having to seem like an asshole. So I'll give you an opportunity. I'll do this with everyone. Are you sure? This is where we want to go. And it doesn't matter because in those moments, you're not on that. You're not up there no more. We we eye to eye because now you have either disrespected me or hurt me or uh, done something that just doesn't sit right with me. So now we have to talk about it. I don't have the strength to take myself off of your pedestal without having understanding of who I am as a human being. I know I'm a good guy. Great partner, great husband, great father, great worker. I know. But that doesn't uh, that doesn't give you the right to disrespect me because you think because I feel like I'm great at those things, I'm not going to respond. I'm always going to go, I'm, I'm energy for energy. I am energy for energy. I have to respond in a way that you understand, not in a, like, that's what I had to learn. I'm like, I'm responding to people and things with compassion and understanding for myself. And I had to realize Nah, everybody don't don't think about compassion and care that way. Right now, there is no sense of normalcy in my mind. If I'm being honest, everything is Russian roulette at this point. Like I don't like like when I say everything is Russian roulette, because now it's like like I tell you, I don't have drama. Like when I'm minding my business, not talking to nobody, um, just for real, for real doing me. And that means with my kids too. 
like when I'm out of their business, I don't have no drama. I make sure I go out of my way because I don't even like talking to people for real. Like if I'm being honest, like I don't really, I don't really like humans for real. It's too much that comes with it. So I try to stay out of the way. I really do. I don't go out of my way making, you know, trying to make extra friends. Like that's why the business be so slow for if I'm being honest, because even networking gets hectic at times for me and it gets overwhelming because I'm just not a people person like that. But right now, it's no sense of normalcy in my mind, so I don't know what the hell I'm going to say or, or, or respond or, or whatever. So I, I, I try to chill. Because there's so much shit going on in my mind, I don't know how I'm going to respond. A lot of people don't have the compassion and care for that. A lot of people don't go through the mental health stuff that I go through and still are able to reconcile that uh, in a way and compartmentalize that in a way that allows them to get through the day. I feel like this space is a, it's a secret society and all we ask is trust. You gotta walk on eggshells. You gotta be different than who, who you are, but there has to be a, learning, a certain level of respect in there. Like, I, when I tell y'all I hate this shit, I hate feeling how I feel. I hate when my mind goes left and it's like, yo, for what? Like, I, I, I hate it. And trying to maneuver through this shit is hectic. It's hectic. It is a daily reminder that if you don't stay in your lane, you're going to get your ass trampled over. And what's crazy, even crazier for me, I be in my lane, but it's almost like every freaking day I'm being run off the road in my journey. Every day. If it's not the kids, it's work. If it's not work, it's something weird with the bills. If it's not something weird with the bills, something didn't happen at the kids' school. Somebody didn't broke something, said something, did something. Like something broke at the house. They arguing out. They're arguing here. They're not doing what I'm asking them to do. Like every day, it's like I'm being forced out of my lane, and I'm I'm getting trampled every day. But every day that you know, I have my reset, and I'm, I meditate, and I do you know do the things to bring myself back. I'm right back in my lane. Like, it's no sense of no normalcy at all. It's no sense of normalcy at all. And then I like for me, like I'm with that. I'm struggling with paranoia right now, like really, really bad. Like it like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense how difficult my mind is behaving with this paranoia. So creating new friendships is over. The reality of it is just it's it's too difficult to um to even start. Like it's I'm in this weird I'm in this weird space of I am not overly masculine. So trying to make friends with guys is really, really a weird space because everybody is extremely tough for whatever reason and emotionless. And I'm not saying that I'm a person that needs to uh, to cry all the time, but sometimes I need to cry, and sometimes I like I should be able to call one of my male friends and vent, and if tears come, tears come. 
and it not be weird. But a lot of us don't know how to deal with that emotion, so it becomes weird. And it's like, all right, I, I, I'll talk to you later. Like, once you finish, once you finish crying, right? It sucks. Because sometimes, you know, you need that connection with your, with your homeboys to, because they have, like, a lot of my friends have the same experiences. Like, me and Mac, like I said, we've, we've, we've been cool a very, very long time. We've been cool a very, very long time. So it's like, we have the same experiences, a lot of them. Me and my brother, we have, we have a lot of the same experiences, right? Even in getting an ODW, we, ha we, have the same, we have the same experience. So it's like, I should be able to do that. And I'm not even speaking on them. Like, I don't, I don't know how they would handle me crying for real. Like, I'm just being honest. Well, I know how my brother would because we grew up together. On the flip side of that, my mother is my, excuse me, my mother is my dominant parent. Also, with that, we never, we didn't have a, a, a grandfather. So, we either with my mom, we either with my granny, or at my granny house with our cousins, or we at my nana house with our cousins. Yeah, I got uncles. Yeah. But because my mom is my dominant parent, I never attach to them like that. I attach to my Nana. I am, to this day, I am little Nana. So I tend to become friends with women. It always turns around because that turns into some type of weird romantic connection. And it sucks because I just be being me, right? I am. I live in both my masculine and feminine energy. It is what it is. I'm very secure in who I am as a human being, but it becomes difficult when I'm not overly masculine, so I can't make real friendships with guys. I'm not trying to be on no romantic shit, so I can't really make friendships with women because once it gets to a certain level and it's like oh like you you start seeing who I am as a human being you know the care the love that I give people now the friendship takes a a, a weird uh turn right and it's weird because I used to like people used to tell me that like oh you know you gotta stop flirting with people or like and I'm like huh I'm like God, this is this is who I am like what are you talking about like, I'm genuinely just trying to be friends. Like, I'm very clear. There's friends There's friends that I will have sex with, right? There, there, are, there, are, there are women that are my friends or before. Like, before friendship, my mind says, is this a friend that I'm willing to confide in to be around for the longevity or, or for, for, for the entirety of, of the rest of my life or the remainder of my life? Or is this a friend that if given the opportunity, I'm going to knock it down? I'm very open about that. It's certain people that, oh, bro, don't bro me. I'll knock the Sonic coins out your pussy. Don't friend me. Don't call, like, we, we not friends. Like, I, like, I will knock the Sonic coins out your shit. Like, quit playing with me. Certain people that 
I don't go there with. So I'm open. I'm open of, of what it could be. I'm open of, I'm very open of like, no, this is, this is where I'm at. Like, you're not going to have time to friends on me for real. Because I'm, I'm already, hey, this is where my mind is. Take it or leave it. I'm never going there with you. And it's not a, it's not a point of arrogance. It's not cockiness. It's a point of understanding because a lot of people don't, they don't really want the friendship for real from the other person or from the other, the opposite sex. They, they, they're in it for the sex eventually. And that's fine, but be open about that. Be strong enough to say that up front. Hey man, listen, it's going, if given the opportunity, this is where my mind is. Just let you know. That way you give them, like, you don't have them thinking. You don't create paranoia in them of, I wonder, does he like me like that or not? I wonder, does she like me like that or not? Right? You don't, you don't create that, that paranoia in them. They know, where, they know where you're at. For me, because I've been on that, like, I've been on very intentional friendships, I realize it's, it's, just, it's a no-go for me. Like I'm good with, I'm good with the, the five, what, let me see, one, two, one, two, three, four. I'm good with the five people that I have right now. Six people, I'm sorry. I'm good with those six people um, as far as it results to my intimate things, my mental health stuff for real, for real, you know, my relationship stuff for real, for real, my kid, like the, the behind the scenes of what's going on, you know, with the kids, right? Outside of that, I just, I don't, I, I the paranoia won't allow me to, because I'll always be thinking, you know, am I coming off feminine? Is my mannerisms feminine? Or am I overly being aggressive? Am I overly trying to 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 be a quote unquote man? It's like I'm solid in who I am. Like I like I know that I have very good qualities as a man, but outwardly it's it's difficult to relay that to other men. It's an overcompensation of ego because you don't want to feel away because they are uber masculine. Right. The other side that women feel like either you're trying to get with them and then if they make a move or a suggestion and you disagree with it, the thought is, oh, you must be gay. I don't have the energy for that. I notice because I'm attentive and I'm loving and I'm caring and I'm chivalrous, it creates this possessive energy with people. Very much so, like, you're my best friend. Like, I, like don't, I don't want to hear you say nobody else. Like, you're my best friend. Or, you know, you're, like, you don't get to do other things. It's weird. And because that energy puts me in a weird space, I just like, all right, no, nah, I'm, I'm cool. My kids could be possessive. My partner could be possessive to a certain extent. Even there's a certain level of possessiveness that comes with friendship. 
but when it turns into weird energy and and the friendship seems off because of this outside thing it's like mm, that's a bit weird there should be nothing that affects your true friendships nothing unless you know your your, your dog out there just killing people and just hurting old people and, and kids and shit like that like but outside of your your friend being a, a straight up menace there should be nothing outside that should be able to affect your friendship your possessiveness should 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 be at a healthy rate of like that's just my friend and I want to protect them but I don't I don't own them I have hella friends that I'd be looking like yo I can't believe you you moving like that I wouldn't move like that but I don't own them. I don't own the friendship. I don't like, so I don't give off that energy. Like it's weird. We just talk about it. Like, yo, that was dumb. I don't think you should have did that. And a lot of times my friends be like, yeah, I know like, that was crazy. I don't know what I was thinking and vice versa. I've been there. I've been in a situation where I've done stuff and the possession and the, the, the because put, it turns into it turns to a certain like it goes from protection to possessiveness. And sometimes when boundaries are not prepared and set properly, it gets twisted. You feel like the friendship is a relationship um, where you have you can set rules outside of your your friends. Right. So you'll get possessive to a point to where it's like, if I find out you're talking to this person or if I find out you are doing this thing, then I'm not going to talk to you. That's weird. You get, you know, you're you you I can't believe you did this. I can't like so now your homeboy like I, I don't, I don't want to fool with you. It's weird. We are free to do whatever we, we want to do. I understand we want to protect one another. I understand that it's like once you connect with someone that you feel like is, is a good friend, a good partner, a good person, it's like, dang, I want to protect them. But we have to we have to stay in that level of protection and not move to possessiveness. It's not cute. It honestly fucks up the, the, the friendship when possession gets into play. And for me, it's like I'm very upfront. If I like, if we friends, we friends. Like I'm very upfront with how like I um, place people in my life. Very upfront. But again, I notice because I'm all these things. I'm attentive. I'm loving. I'm caring. Um, and I'm caring. It creates the, this thing, and what they don't realize, and I'm saying this with all honesty. I don't talk to you every day. I don't know what the fuck you doing behind closed doors. So, of course, I'm going to seem loving and caring and chivalrous and shit like that. I am giving you observations and opinions from only speaking to you for a very limited amount of time. Right? On, on, and that's with, with male friends and, and women friends. I'm giving you advice and attention with the time that we have. I don't know. You could be a whole ass murderer. I don't fucking know. 
You could be a whole scammer. I don't know. You are connecting to me because of the advice that I'm giving you in a small fraction of your day and your activity. And I'm giving it to you from what you show me because everybody doesn't show everything. If I'm with my partner, even then, and, and my partner lives with me, I still don't know 100% of what's going on. I'm only giving advice and I'm only giving you love and connection with what you are giving me. So to create these possessive connections is weird because if, 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 if I'm giving you advice from the little bit of time that we spend, right, whether it's phone, uh, whether it's out while I'm jogging, you know, we link up to go jog or um, we link up at the coffee place, whatever. It's still just a limited time. It's not enough time for you to create this possessive mind state that you have over me. Protection, cool. If I say something that, that triggers you, that I'm in, in danger, cool. But to have attitudes or irritation or anger or anything because of outside things, that's really weird to me. Like I had a, a um, had a conversation with someone who was important to me, and it was like I, I I told you for a very very long time to be careful how you present yourself. People aren't used to consistency. They're not used to someone saying, I got you, and meaning I got you in whatever way that they could possibly have you. People are not used to being able to um, hurt and create chaos and, and start shit, and that person still shows love to them. That person still hasn't changed. I listened to that and I'm grateful because it is one thing that I've heard in the last three years about myself is that if I'm nothing, I'm, I'm, I'm consistent. If I'm nothing, I'm true to my, to my unconditional love stance. People said people have like nah like if 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 anything about you is this. I can't help but to be that. I don't look at this person like I'm gonna be uh unconditional, I'm gonna be consistent, I'm gonna be there, you know, regardless of how they respond to me. Like I tell you guys all the time, my responses are predicated on if. I want to talk to you again. I have proven to myself my need for people is very, very low. Right? I had to prove that to myself because you let people do stuff to you because you feel like you need them. You let people say things to you because you feel like you need them. So you're fighting blind. Rewind back to the pedestal because you have them up so high 
you don't want to bring them down. Why? Because you feel like there is a need that they, like, they fulfill a need for you. So for me, going back to Old Faithful, knowing I needed to learn that in isolation. I needed to learn how to fulfill my needs in every aspect. I had to know that I knew how to parent by myself. That was a need of mine. I needed to know that I could wake up, make sure the kids was dressed and fed, make sure they got to school, make sure they got home, make sure I got them to doctor's appointments, make sure I had the right insurance for them, make sure, you know, they're eating the, the food groups, making sure they're doing their proper exercise that they need to be doing, making sure that they're not, you know, um, just doing reckless things. That was a need for me. It was a need for me to know I could sit my ass still and not be in a relationship. Because I keep telling y'all, I've been relationship hunting since I, I've, I've been moving with husband vibes since I've been eight years old. I had to see if I can sit my ass still and worry about my own self. I needed to see if I could be a single parent for real. Right? I needed to see that for myself, that I can do what I'm supposed to do for my kids I needed to know. See, a lot of us, we don't, we don't have that thought process. We don't realize that a lot of our issues with people come from the idea of having them on the pedestal, that paranoia of, you know, I'm doing this wrong, I'm doing that wrong, because you have this high level of trust and care for this person like it's, it's almost like that you see them as a demigod and you don't you don't understand that you are human you don't understand that you put your pants on same like the same way they put their pants on and so you are moving in a way that's not conducive to you i'm not wavering from who i am I'm consistent on purpose. I'm loving on purpose. I'm unconditional on purpose. I had to learn how to, 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 to handle my needs by myself so that in the event that somebody came, I know what I want. You're not going to treat me like I'm like, like you're not going to treat me a way that I'm not going to treat myself. All that, you know, just love me because you love, like, all that shit. Oh, no, 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 no. Sit your ass down. Let's talk. Love don't cost a thing, but my peace does. And so we're going to sit down and we're going to have a conversation, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a relationship with my kids. My kids hate having these conversations. But we're going to have them. Until until there's an understanding of how we gonna how we gonna deal, but it sucks because, like I said, I am these things. A lot of times, I don't. I don't know who I am, as a result to accomplishments. I don't know that what I'm doing is helpful. A lot of times, I don't know that what I'm doing is dope. A lot of times, I don't know that I am. Dope. So I don't say nothing. I know I work hard. I know I'm consistent. I know I care. 
I know I love hard. I know all those things. But I'm not openly feeling like, yo, I'm dope. I'm not openly feeling like I could change the world for real. I mean, I have confidence that, you know, the podcast is, is if it helps one person, that's what it's, that I did it. We did it, Joe. Look, we did it. If I had one person, we're in 22 countries. I'm just a kid from Pasadena, man, just trying to make a difference. And my podcast is in 20, 21 countries. Weekly. I love that. It's people that probably don't even understand English listening to the podcast. They probably have no, they have probably have no clue of what I'm talking about. But just me being able on here talking, it's helping them learn English possibly. It, it definitely, if they don't speak English, it's definitely making them study up on mental health because, you know, what is he talking about? What, why is, why does America have so many issues with mental health? What is that? All right, boom. That information could turn into him helping him or her helping whoever in their separate, in, in, in their uh, respective countries. I see that weekly, but I never really talk about it for real. And so I'm reminded like, yo, no, you are, you are dope. But paranoia keeps me from saying that. I just try to do it by example. I'm not, a, and, and, and it's weird because I'm not a person that's going to big myself up, but I'm also not a person who is looking for kudos. But I should be. I should want people to acknowledge the progress. I should want people to not acknowledge, you know, what's what's going on and what I'm doing, right? Because I, I I acknowledge when I when I like something, love something, when something's helping me, um, I'm going to acknowledge. But I understand everybody is not that way, and so listening to to someone tell me like, "Yo, I've been telling you for years, like you dope," right? And and I had a conversation, you know, with my ex, and she's like, "That's one of my problems that I've always had with you is like, you don't you don't know you dope, and it's weird because you be doing dope stuff." And for me, it's always been, I don't want to seem arrogant or, or egotistical, right? I watched my brother, my brother duck. My brother has had a certain level of cockiness and some would say arrogance his entire life. And so for me, I'm like, nah, again, understanding. I'm seeing that as a kid. I'm hearing people, you know, like speak like that's part of his characteristic like he's cocky he's arrogant yada yada whatever as as a kid with no understanding all i know is that those two things are bad so it's like oh I'm, i don't i don't want people to see me like that right i'm an adult now and i have understanding his cockiness and arrogance was warranted because they was playing in his face you too short for this you too short for that you can't accomplish this you can't accomplish that he goes out and not only accomplish, but he dominates. Yeah, you got to hear my mouth now. Because I was chilling and you kept telling me that I couldn't. You kept looking at me saying, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm this short little, little guy right here. And I, I don't look like I'm tenacious enough to, to get it done. I don't look like I'm skilled enough to get it done. And you keep playing in my face. So 
yeah, I'm going to dominate it, and then I'm I'm going to talk my shit. I remember so often just hearing how how cocky my brother was, right? And, oh, he, you know, his mouth this, his mouth that, and just like, dang, like, it because it's bad. Without understanding, cocky and arrogant is bad. I remember the day that it set in, like, like just seared in my mind, like, your brother is a legend. And people really played in his face his entire life because he was short. The amount of accolades that my brother got from the time he stepped on the football field when he was six, seven, to the time he stepped off of the football field, it solidified. I sit here and I do this podcast, I do the poetry, I do, you know, I, I write the books, I do Hill Avenue, I make the apparel, I make the shoes and stuff like that. And I'm hella dope. Hell of a human being. And it's crazy that I really don't be seeing it for real in real time. It's crazy that I like I feel a way when I'm like, yo, I f like this poem is crazy. I feel a way when it's like I I know that I did a good pod, but I can't like, yo, y'all y'all need to listen to it because it's perspective. But I'm playing back all the times, like when my ex was like, yo, that that's always been one of my problems with you is that you don't know you dope for real. And so I'm playing back in my mind, even my even life before her. Even life as a as a kid. My brother always says, like, nah, Pina, you was you was really good at football. You was really good at track. And a lot of times I'd be like, oh, like. I look at it and listen to it on like nonchalantly because it's just like, was I really? But then when I really start thinking about it, and my overall, my overall game of you know football on track, I was hella nice. If I'm not mistaken, one of the years I made all state, I made uh, I made all I made the all state defense team as a cornerback. If that don't tell me that I'm dope. On the football field, I don't I don't know what does. If people uh, praising me for my consistency and my unconditional love, like if that don't make me dope, what does? So it's like I gotta figure out how to get out of this this space of paranoia, so that I can start acknowledging me for the greatness that I'm exhibiting and what I'm trying to do. It started because my daughter died. And that pain is pushing me weekly to get these podcasts out. That pain is keeping me alive. That pain is is it has me sitting down to taking this podcast very seriously for the people because I don't want nobody to feel like this and feel it alone. But we have to start being honest with ourselves and call it what it is. We have to just like we're able to to say that we're dope and we're this and we're that. We have to say when we're having those hard times. 
I'm not ashamed. I, I text the family chat with my kids. Hey, listen, today I'm, I'm feeling off. I'm feeling a little bit weak mentally. I'm not sure what's going on. But this is how I feel. Your dinner is already prepared in a crock pot. Y'all don't have to bother me for nothing. Because you got to see me weak. You have to. Because that's the only way you're going to learn how to maneuver through life. If everything is presented to you perfect uh, on a platter, you're not going to know how to deal with adversity. You're not going to know how to deal when it's your when it's your turn to be a leader and these things come against you. You're not going to learn. Uh, you're not going to know what to do. So for me, I'm 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 exhausted. I'm 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 tired of of arguing about certain things. I'm tired of um not being heard in certain areas. Like I'm just I'm exhausted. Right? But I know that I'm going through something. Right? I know paranoia set in over the past three to four months. Like I'm losing I don't even know what like Depression has fucked up my concept of time. So time frames get lost upon me. So I don't know if it's been three months or four months that this has kicked in. All I know is that it's here. And it'd be the smallest thing that have me tripping. And so for me, y'all know I'm about moving forward through whatever element that hits, right? They told me my my heart was messed up. I just start changing the way that I, that I was eating. They start telling me my lungs was messed up and weak. I start exercising a little bit more to try to, you know, build up my my resilience, see, to to things that was affecting my lungs. You know, they told me I had this muscle disorder. Um, I took the precautions to, um, it's an autoimmune muscle issue, right? I took the precautions to get all of the TENS units I need, the massagers that I need, um, and also exercise helps. So I exercise just to keep the pain down, just to keep the, the, the constant, uh, how can I put it, just constantly being knocked down by these elements, right? I have to I have to make sure that I have some type of a, de a defense. So my mental health is no no different. They diagnosed me clinical depression. Cool. How do I how do I fight it? Excuse me. All right. Yeah. It seems like you know that that that's a uh, seems like seems like that anxiety is really high. Okay. How do I help that? Paranoia kick in. All right, what's what's next? Right. So each time something is is put on me, I'm not just I'm not just accepting what it is. All right, let me understand what it is. Because if I don't even understand what it is, it don't matter what you're telling me. You can tell me I'm depressed, have anxiety, and uh and paranoid till I'm blue in the face. If I don't understand what it is, I can't defend it, right? And so Realizing that paranoia is just, it's an empty emotional thought that something is wrong somewhere. It's just empty. It creates fear. It creates chaos. Um, it will ruin your day because you'll spend 
days looking for whatever it is that's scaring you and it's nothing. And when it's a high level of paranoia, we know where that goes, right? We start hearing things and we start moving a little bit different, right? I'm just, I'm, I'm talking about regular paranoia. Like I said, I'm not hearing, I'm not hearing voices, like nothing like that. But I do have that uh, debilitating fear and it's nothing there. I can't find the anchor point to, to pin like what, like, why did this trigger? Why did that trigger? Why do I, why am I scared of this? Like, and I go down, you know, the bills are paid, kids fed, da, 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 da. I go down and still it's just there. And so this is my process. Like this, my process of, of fighting this. And it just sucks because I have to, every time it hits, I have to just stop. Right. I look for evidence to support said fear, right? I look for evidence. So if I'm like, if I'm paranoid because like one of my things when I'm recording a podcast, I just need complete silence or not complete silence, but I need like my space. I need it to be empty, right? I feel like, I don't want anybody hearing the recording process because this is just, this is the rough draft of what I'm doing. So when I hear stuff upstairs and I hear, oh, dang it, I thought I was going to make it through without hitting the mic this week. My bad. So when I hear noises upstairs and I hear the kids talking and I hear doors opening and closing, my mind immediately goes, they're listening to me. I'm not prepared for them to listen to this. And so I start freaking out. I start sweating. My heart starts beating really fast. Um, I lose I lose train of thought because now I'm trying to um, I'm trying to figure out if they're here. So now it's just like, get off the stairs. What are you doing? Go in your room. And now my energy is off, and I can't complete what I'm what I'm trying to complete. So it's about uh, pinpointing the actual the actual fear for me, right? So whatever it is, like, like overall, I have no clue why paranoia has set in. I feel like it's just one of those, all right, you, you, you too strong in healing. So now I got to throw something on you. Like, I, I don't know if the universe is trying to really see, you know, how strong I am and how, how long I'm going to fight these, these, these dark urges and how long I'm going to fight through this depression. Um, you know, I don't know. But what I what what I do and what I have to do, I have to stop. I have to find the the I have to find what the fear is, like evidence of it. Like am I am to to tell myself like yo you bugging, right? If I find the evidence, or from what I find, right? If it's something, um, I really be like am I am I am I bugging or is this really an issue? Meaning like. If, if whatever the fear is that I found, is it really going to affect me for real? Like, is it, is it a high enough issue or thing to even consider it fear for real? So I really like, I, I check myself, like, am I just being like overly like suspicious or is it really something? Right. I have to do that because I can't let I can't let it win. If it, if if that doesn't work, now it's like, yo, because I okay. Transparent moment. Two weeks, 
two weeks ago, um, one of my kids got a tattoo. One of my kid, one of my kids got caught high. I was like bugging. Like, bruh, bugging. But paranoia kicked in, like, am I going overboard? Like, am I am I tripping? So it takes me to my third part of my process to try to fight the paranoia. I got to hit up the people that know me and know who I am as a parent. I can't just tell a regular person. Like, this is not one of those conversations that you just tell the homie with no kids that hasn't dealt with kids that is not an uncle or aunt that, you know, that that has dealt with it. So it's like, hey, so I'm, I'm talking to my sounding boards. Hey, this what happened. This 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 what I said. This is what I feel. Like, I feel like I'm tripping, though. I feel like it, I, I like I, I, am I tripping? They're like, mm, no. It, your response is, is 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 warranted. No, hold on. I think two people were like, no, nah, you you was bugging. But for the most part, it was like, I get it. But then it came because again, I said unison, not comparison. That is in every relationship, friendship, or romantic. It has to be unison, not comparison it's never going to work if we are uh comparing and competing with each other it's not a competition right so i have to so i have to ask somebody who's close to me who's close enough to me and the situation um also someone who i know is going to give it to me real um to see if i'm bucking In the event that they say I'm not bugging, I'm like, all right, cool. I can reconcile. Like, it's not paranoia. I'm really tripping. And now I can go attack the issue. In the event they say I am bugging and the fear lingers and um, I'm going through the evidence or I'm going through, you know, whatever. And it's not adding up like two plus two, not equal four. I'm, I realize like, oh, I'm just bugging. And I got to eat that. I have to, I, I have to be, oh, okay, cool. Like I was tripping. I thought something and it wasn't, excuse me. And it wasn't that. And so now because you put yourself on such an emotional high, whether the, uh, the paranoia was warranted or not, you have to bring yourself back down. You have to find a way to comfort yourself so that you can pull yourself back to reality in, in, in whatever way that you have to do that. Right. So for me, when I'm having these moments, whether it's the fog from depression, whether it's the headaches and annoyance of the anxiety, or whether it's the darkness of the paranoia, the confusion, the chaos, the, um, this emergent feeling to find nothing, right. I have to pull myself back. And so for me, like I'll either journal, um, I'll write a poem or I'll just separate myself and just uh, watch movies and meditate. And I'll be battling. I Like when I tell you I'll be battling to realign myself back from that space of paranoia to 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 pull back from those dark, those dark 
uh, spots of of depression. Like I'll be battling myself. Like I like I'll audibly out loud be like, "Yo, you're bugging." Like, look at this. Look, bills are paid. Look, fool. Look, kids healthy. Look, it's it's perspective. It's how you see what you're doing. It's how others that you trust, how they how they pour into you for the things that you that you do. That's why I'm learning. It's important for me to call out when I'm doing good. It's important for me because I tell y'all the bad all the time. I tell y'all the struggles all the time. I don't tell y'all the successes. And what's crazy is that as much as I go through with these kids and we argue and we fight, we do whatever, I, I look and it's just funny because they go to school and all of them have straight A's and B's. They have no, um, they have no bad marks on their behavioral charts. And it's like they come home and it's like, well, I've been good all day, so you about to get whatever. My mind says, I know how I am after working eight to ten hours. I'm going to remove myself so I can wind down. So when they get home, I don't bother them immediately. I give them time to wind down. Because I got to find my comfort. I got to find my peace again after having this long stint of paranoia for the day. So it's like I'm not sitting here with 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 no action. So I want you guys to know that when these things set in, it's imperative that you start looking to understand. Don't feel weak. Don't feel like, oh, my God, it's another thing that's added. And I'm not going to like like I'm not going to hold you like it did. It, it did add to my insecurity yet again. Like, damn, they're not going to like that person is not going to see past that. But I put myself in a position not to have to really worry about that because I can take care of me. I'm comfortable with being by myself. I always have been. I'm newly comfortable. And I mean, over the past four five, six years, I am newly comfortable with romantically being by myself. Like I told y'all, I already have said in my mind, if, if, if shit wasn't cooking at when I turned 40, it just wasn't going to get cooked. Like I'm, I'm old mother Hubbard or whoever the lady is in the shoe. My hunting days is over. Not because I'm incapable of hunting, but I've been through a must, uh, enough emotional turmoil that I'm comfortable and content with the life that I lived period. That comes from me being able to recognize who I am, whether I say it out loud or not, good or bad. Without humbling myself, I don't see both sides. Without understanding it's necessary for me to hold my accountability and my accountability alone, I don't see. So paranoia hit, just like everything else, I'm in a lab meaning my meditation space. I'm online. I'm reading articles. How does this happen? What do you do to, to simmer it down? Um, I'm very much so now in control of my emotions that even when I feel it, because I know these elements and things, like it don't know who you are. I be fighting it. I'm overly aware of 
how I interact with people. I'm overly aware when I feel like I'm going to be a downer to people and I make sure, all right, I can't, I'm not fooling with you because, or, because uh, I don't want to ruin the vibe. I'm not coming to that event because I know how I feel and I'm already an introvert. I already have a, a, a aggressive looking resting face at the, the mental health stuff on top of that. So now I'm looking aggressive and confused sitting in a corner somewhere. You think I'm about to blow up the whole stuff. And really, I'm just worried about um, why Sean and, and Jules broke up on psych. Even knowing that they, end up got, they ended up getting married at the end. So it's like, I, 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 I can't be out in the open having those thoughts. I go out of my way to make sure that I don't put myself in those positions because paranoia is a very dangerous thing. And we have to make sure that we are finding our, our happy spots in this stuff. The issue with mental health is especially paranoia is people make you feel extra weird about it. And they don't understand that like every other part of the mental health spectrum, this is not something that one can control for real. I get like uh, a paranoia as it results to romantic relationships. If somebody giving, has given you a reason to feel like they're cheating or, um, or to feel like they're doing harm or, or being deceitful. I get that level of paranoia, but I'm talking about paranoia from nowhere, from nothing. Like I don't even deal with a bunch of people. What am I paranoid about? I'm very open to who I am with my kids. I'm very open with who I am with work. I'm very open with the friends that I have. Um, I really like, I don't talk to nobody in my family for real, except for my brother. I'm very open on my emotions stuff with him. What am I, what am I paranoid about? I get that, right? I get how it looks. What do you like? What do you like? I can say that you don't get to. You don't get to tell me that. You don't get to say it's nothing going on with you. Why? Like, why are you tripping? You don't get to do that, because what that does is that now that puts a wall up, and now you 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 telling me that I'm bugging for being paranoid or I'm acting unusual when I'm trying to tell you, hey, I know this is unusual, and I'm trying to figure it out. But if you want to be a part of me, I have these days and you're going to have to understand that these days, either I'm not going to talk to you for the sake of the relationship, friendship, uh, business opportunity, or if I'm choosing and you're wanting me to, to talk to you, you're going to have to learn how to deal with me a little bit different. Like this mental health is not a one stop shop. Right. It's not. It takes help from the person who's actually going through it. And it takes help from the people who um, are invited in. If I invite you in and, and like with you knowing what you know, you it, it's up to you to. Move that way. You're my village. I invited you into my village and you accept it, knowing that I have these these insecurities. So either allow me to pull back and and chill until, you know, I'm out of those spurts and not you not get offended or learn how to deal with me better. We all go like who like as we're going through these things, we have to stand up for ourselves. 
not only to other people, but we have to stand up to ourselves, to ourselves. I know that sounds like crazy every time I say it, but I'm a firm believer that saying things out loud to yourselves, it, 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 it deals with you differently than you just thinking about it. It's something about when I hear myself say, I'm proud of me. It's something about me hearing myself. It's going to be okay. You're going to figure it out somehow, some way. You're going to figure it out. It's something about hearing myself say that out loud, right? I accept whatever diagnosis these people then gave me, but I don't accept it sitting down. I go out of my way to figure out the best solutions for me. I get on this podcast and I try to tell you guys certain ways, the things that I that I do to, to try to accomplish it. But we have to get out of our own ways. Like if you are diagnosed with any type of mental health issue, you are not weak. You are not less than. You are not a harm to anything. You are not uh, a burden on anybody. But don't take the diagnosis and sit. Keep fighting. And some of us don't have, we, uh, some of us don't have that luxury to keep fighting because our imbalance has reached a certain level that we gonna end it. And that's just the reality of it. A lot of us don't make it. I told you guys that there is, I think they said forty-one thousand people, forty-one thousand people a year don't make it. So those of us that don't have that high level of imbalance, we got to keep fighting. We got to try to understand it, if nothing else, but to just give this keep passing the information down. If nothing else. I know we feel lost. I know we feel alone. I know we feel like we'll never have a partner. We'll never have anybody to genuinely care for us on the daily. And that's fine. But care for yourself so that in the event that the opportunity comes, you're prepared. Hey, this is what I'm going through. This is what I deal with. This is how I deal with it. I make sure it's, it's not going to be a burden on you, da, 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 da. That I had to stand still and figure that out. The worst thing about paranoia being added to the situation with me is there is no anchor point that I have of fear. Like, I've, I've been thinking about it since it hit. Like, what am I scared of? What is it that I feel like is wrong? What do I, like, and I can't find anything. Like, besides the, the health issues that I have, and they have been uh, drastically maintained, it's, 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 like, I did think I had, I thought I had a stroke the other day. I'm not even going to hold you. Very, I was very, very, very scared. Very, very scared. Um, because I just was feeling off. But I, I, I fight through it. I'm not going to let, like, I'm not going out without understanding I'm not allowing paranoia to be the thing that stresses me to death. Again, because where where is the anchor point of why I feel like this? Where is the the 
oh, this happened, so yeah, that's why it's this way. I just be frustrated and because stuff is unexplained and I be in these dark fogs and the, the quicksand seems a little bit quicker and I just be sinking into the abyss of nowhere for what? And then I, I, I sit there and I, I try to find peace there. I try to find understanding there. Like I'm fighting blind in everything that I'm doing. Every single thing that I'm doing, I'm fighting blind, but I'm fighting and I'm making sure that I'm not taking it out on anybody. It's just that when I invite people in, it's necessary that y'all understand that this is the, all we ask is trust. Like before any of this happened, I had already struggled with um, trust. I bought, like just from experiences in relationships, um, experiences in deals, you know, from uh, from teenage to adult life. Like I've always dealt heavily with trust issues, and no one tells you how uh, deeper the trust issues get once you start struggling with stuff mentally, and it's a mess. So that's why, you know, I started building the boundaries. That's why I start removing people. Um, I start removing people from my space. Because the, the idea of we all have it together and we all should have it together is asinine. I'm not, I, I don't want people, like, if, if I'm being honest, I don't care if people open up at the level that I open up. I do it because I was looking for help and couldn't find it. And I didn't want to end my life because I didn't find it. So I used that pain of losing Kennedy. I used that reminder of, uh, of my relationship or lack thereof with Imani. I used that reminder of losing the relationship that I really, really wanted. I used that pain. And I turn it into as much positive energy as I can. I use it as fuel to keep me alive, to keep going. That pain, like, unfortunately, I keep telling y'all, pain is the thing that pushes everything to the next level. Chaos and confusion pushes everything to the next level. Perfection does not really exist. Perfection is death, period, because perfection is completion. Completion is ending. What happens at the end of stuff is no longer. And so with that, you got to keep going. It takes people to have patience and understanding. Um, it takes people who genuinely care about your well-being to do their part to not add additional trauma. It's not necessarily a part to help you heal more so than it's like, all right, don't add extras to this shit. If I'm telling you I feel a way, if you don't have no no help or no good words, don't say anything, but don't make me feel bad for feeling how I feel. Like, especially for me, because I go out of my way to remove myself before, you know, I'm before I uh, do a woe is me. I'm out of there. I'm 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 completely out of there. Because. Springing deep mental health issues on people is not the move 
um, it really puts people in a, in a, in a bad position. That's why like when I start a friendship or whatever, I'm very open about what I'm going through. I don't want to be in the middle of an argument with you or a middle of a disagreement with you. And then you realize, you know, I have depression, I have anxiety, paranoia. That's not fair to you. Even as a friendship, guy to guy, man, guy to girl, like it's not fair to you. So it's imperative to be open. It's imperative to that you set the tone of how you want your village to be ran. Right. And not aggressive, not like on no bully stuff, but just letting people know, hey, this is this is where I'm at. And this is how like this is what best works for me. You're here in my village. I invited you in. It's OK if you don't want to be. It's no love loss. But this is how I need to be dealt with. This is how, you know, this is how it works for me. A lot of times for me, I just I tuck my tail and I just go chill. A lot of my friends don't like that. A lot of my, a lot of people who I consider close to me are like, no, don't, don't do that. Like, like just vent with us and, and we'll go from there. Um, being able to have that conversation up front and be open about it, it allows the friendships and the relationships to be deeper, um, to be more intentional because it's a level of vulnerability. It's a level of, um, vulnerability that you're able to get through your honesty, through your understanding of who you are, because you're able to tell them it's not, you know, they don't have to guess. And so for me, when I invite people in or when I allow people in to, to within my boundaries or within my reach, it's like, all right, this is, this is what it is. Um, I believe that long as we are patient with ourselves and give ourselves grace, we can all get through, through whatever. Like, I really believe that. Like, uh, I feel like we all got to go through something to get somewhere. And I need us all to remember that as long as that we have, as long as we have air in our lungs to breathe, as long as our heart is beating, our minds are right, no matter the darkness, we have the opportunity and we have the ability to get to the light. Peace. Yo, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Head over to peacefullyflawed.com for your Peacefully Flawed apparel. If you're looking for podcast merch, it's also there. My book, King's Collective, which is a book of poem, uh, poems, is on sale over there as well. Um, if you want to donate to the podcast, head over to Good Pods, download that app. I have a tip jar on that page. Um, if you want to donate overall to the complex in all facets of the business, you can go over to our Twitter page, the complex. Um, there's a tip jar there. Otherwise, I like always, I appreciate if you like, share, comment, talk about the pod, tell, uh, tell somebody about the pod, whatever way that you support me, I appreciate it. Um, and I love you guys. Like you guys don't, you guys don't understand. Like, you taking the time to listen to the podcast if you made it this far through like that that's major for me um so again head over to www.peacefullyflawed.com um for peaceful flawed apparel 
poems, merch, however you want to, however you want to say it. If not, please continue to like, share and comment on the podcast. You guys are greatly appreciated. And I hope that you all are getting something from these messages that I'm giving to you guys and you guys are able to apply it to your life and your healing. Um, just know I'm here. DMs, whatever. Hit me up if you need to make a comment, if you need to um, keep supporting, though. Uh, keep as long as you breathe. You got to you got to keep fighting. I'm here for you all. I'm here for myself. Uh, we got to go through something to get somewhere. So we might as well do that together. All right. Peace.